Coming up on today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, uh, I am talking to you because it is Sunday night as we're recording, and we will be doing this every Sunday night during the baseball season, Sunday Night Baseball. It's a tradition unlike any other uh, with Locked On Yankees' Stacey Gatsoulias, where we talk about the upcoming trade deadline for uh, her Yankees and my Braves. we got Adam Frazier to the pods. we got the Cleveland name change. we got old friend Ian Kennedy maybe going to the Dodgers, the Rays trading for Nelson Cruz, all kinds of great stuff like that. Um, so go check that out today um this very podcast but uh remember if you're not listening on apple or spotify you can find the podcast on those two platforms but uh it's available wherever we get your podcasts every single day um on the writing front uh look out for my atlanta braves coverage this week um after this series with the phillies at sports renaissance man.substack.com don't forget um Night raw friday night smackdown aw dynamite college football columns and previews you got all kinds of stuff on the docket this week on the writing front so subscribe with your email on sports renaissance man.substack.com um yeah so so go do that uh is that it is that it i think that's it for today i think that's it for this intro um yeah uncle darren let's roll Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and it is Sunday evening. So Sunday night baseball on this very podcast. Oh, it's so much fun to say. I am joined, as I will be every Sunday night, by Locked On Yankees own Stacy Gatsulius. Stacy, good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm surrounded by thunder and lightning right now and a little worried that maybe the power might go off while we're recording, but <laughs> that won't happen. Well, you have a new laptop and that's baby steps because last week we were worried about not the power going out, just the power going out on said laptop as a whole. It's baby that's steps. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> How do, um, cause I know you, you have, you have some cats how do the cats handle? Like, I am familiar with how dogs, like um, our dog, Khaleesi, is a Keyshawn, and she does not handle thunder and lightning and fireworks for us. So we have a thunder coat for her. How do how do cats handle thunder? I, I, I've never grown up around them, so I don't really know the answer to this. It depends on the cat. We have one cat, Gus, who is absolutely terrified of any kind of loud rain. Doesn't have to be thunder and lightning. Anything that's pounding against the house, he will hide in the bathroom. Mm. The rest of them seem to be okay. Um, my two original cats that I had living with me in New York City, Jack and Henry, may they rest in peace. They've both been dearly departed for a while. Jack was terrified of thunder and lightning. He was climbing the wall one time because it was such a bad storm. Mm. Meanwhile, Henry was looking out the window at the lightning, just like, wow, what's <laughs> so it was it's very strange. It depends on the cat, which is the same with dogs, but it's just it's funny to see the differences in your pets when you have more than one, just to, I mean, obviously personality wise, but yet Gus does not like it. He's probably in the bathroom right now. <laughs> so what do they do? They just hide out, they don't make sounds, they just uh, avoid it and pretend oh. it's not happening. Yeah, he's just very quiet, and he'll um, he'll cower and kind of slink along the floor. Like he won't even walk his normal <laughs> gait. He he, it's almost like he's um, you know, when army guys do the obstacle course and they're going under those ropes on the ground and they have to crawl with the guns. That's basically what he does across the floor. <laughs> and so, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. That's really. Uh, I think it's supposed to rain here overnight and through tomorrow. So maybe you're just ahead of Tennessee right now. In New York giving us a, a rain shower on the way down. Maybe that's what it is. It's migrating, migrating south. <laughs> but just, I mean, it's hey, it's it's a tradition unlike any other. Northerners migrating to the to the south when they get older. Um, we what what has happened in the last week for you, Stacy? Anything of note that you would like to share? What what has been going on? Well, other than getting the new laptop and being mm, very that's a big deal. About- um, I, I will be locked on Yankees will be on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is frightening, but mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. cool because, yeah. you know, I'll get to have a cool video set up and, you know, I have to invest in that though. But, um, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be interesting to do it both audio and video and try to figure out how to navigate that by myself for now. So, um, that'll be interesting. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at this laptop and I can't stop staring at it cause it's so pretty. 
That's awesome. Uh, are you a sticker person for laptops? Um, I'm not, but I'm going to get a clear cover for this because I love the gold. It's so pretty. So I might <laughs> on it, you know, on the cover of it. I don't want to do it directly on the laptop. Mm-hmm. Not yet. It's too brand new. Okay. I had a gold one before this MacBook. Um, I'm, I'm okay with gold. I have a gold necklace that I wear, but um, from Giving Keys. And the Giving Keys, a great nonprofit that you should get some get some stuff from if you if you'd like because it's uh, it's a good nonprofit that uh, helps the homeless in los angeles um yeah so uh for me nothing really uh i mean you were actually the inaugural guest of my my new setup last week Stacey. i think we discussed that so um since being here getting used to recording in a different space uh building out this space i don't know if i'll make it soundproof at some point but it sounds like thus far it's pretty good so um, I'm actually excited about that because soundproofing is kind of, kind of a pain. But um, yeah, no, I um, it uh, it's good. Grad school is coming around the corner very very soon, which scares me. Um, mm-hmm. So not I I got out of rhythm a little bit because like when I had winter break, it was only like a month and a half off, so I didn't really fall out of my uh, my I don't know my educational rhythm, if you will, because they're still like it's on the brain. And it's kind of very much been off the brand. I've gotten used to spending a lot more time reading and watching stuff that I prefer to read and watch. And uh, but you know, only one more year, and I I am also a gigantic geek, Stacy, and enjoy <laughs> school, and very much would like to just hide out in school. So that's that's my thing. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Are you gonna like decorate your your room? Because like, if I did a YouTube aspect to this very podcast, I don't know if I did it right, because behind me, Stacy, there's like, there, it, it's my girlfriend's half of, of the room. So there's not, not a lot going on from my perspective, but if you look ahead and to the side, it's exactly what you would want in a YouTube background. So I think I may have intentionally or subconsciously made it so that I was not going to pivot to video. Cause I, I, I literally would have to turn everything around. <laughs> I have a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. You got to have that. That's a must. Yes, that has a bunch of Yankees bobbleheads on them. Okay. And Which other Yankees. <laughs> well, it's funny. I have a Hideki Matsui that looks nothing like him. <laughs> Not, people are like, that's Hideki Matsui? I said, mm-hmm. yes, it's one of the worst bobbleheads ever made. Uh-huh. Um, I think my Don Mattingly one, because he mm. was my first real favorite player okay. growing up as a kid. Um, he was my dude. But my plan is to put all my smart baseball books into the bookcase because right now it's chick lit. And, um, you know, all my baseball prospectus annuals, I have mm-hmm. basically the last Those are 20. Thick. Yeah. And, you know, um, all of the Bill James abstracts that I have, any of the other uh, books that I have, like uh, I have The Arm by Jeff Passan. I have like mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And I want to display that. And some Yankee hats I'll put in the background because I have some girly, flowery Yankee hats that I know will piss some people off because they're mm-hmm. traditionalists. So that's my plan. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I have a Atlanta Braves pride hat and that would probably irritate some people too, but who cares? <laughs> um, I have the Yankee years. I'm trying to think if I have any other Yankees books. I think that's it. I think I only have the Yankees years, which is which is a good read, but I, I, I hadn't considered that, but I don't think I have any other ones. I have several baseball books. Okay. Uh, you got to add big data baseball, um, I would say. Stacey, you got to get that on there just so people know that you're analytics friendly. Um, By Tom Tango. Yeah. I have, um, I have the Nyer James pitching book. Mm. I have, you know, I have a bunch of stuff. I have Jay Jaffe's Cooperstown case book. Ooh, is that good? Yes. I'm in the acknowledgments, which I was shocked. I nearly cried when I saw that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. And he didn't tell me that before I got the book. Um, I went to not a reading, but he was basically explaining the book. I was the only female looking person there. It was kind of funny, you know, how men are when it's only they're looking like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got the book and then I got home and I'm looking through and I don't even know why I was looking at the acknowledgments. I guess I just wanted to see. Um, oh, I think I was about to have to fill out my own acknowledgments because I think I was writing in the baseball prospectus annual that year. I think that's what was happening. And I just wanted to see how he wrote his acknowledgments and I'm going through all the names and I looked and I see, I, I thought my mind was playing tricks on me 
And then I saw it and I said, Stacy got Sulius. Why am I in there? And I cried because I wasn't expecting it. And it was very sweet of him to do because he put a bunch of his Twitter buddies in there. And I thought that was really nice of him to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what would you recommend the most? What's, what's your favorite book on your bookshelf? What baseball book wise? I adore The Soul of Baseball, a trip through, oh, what's the full title? It's the book about Buck O'Neill by mm-hmm. Joe Posnanski. Okay. I love that book so much, and I bawled for like 25 minutes after I finished it because you think of everything that Buck O'Neill went through, how he didn't make the Hall of Fame, and that they didn't do things before he died, and it was just such, but it's such a good book that you just feel all these emotions when you're done with it. I, I just, I adore that book so much. The glory of their times. I love that book. Um, I like any books that tell a story about baseball. Mm. You know, um, I know a lot of people are more into the analytical books, which I can kind of do, but I prefer to read stories about the baseball players. But yeah, the soul of baseball. If, if you're out there listening to this and haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Okay. Also, I can hear the thunder and lightning now and it sounds like an ASMR and I am all the way here for it. And I wish this was a thing. I kind of want to make this like a staple of the podcast going forward. I kind of want to have this be basically quietly in the background. Yeah. Just to make sure that people understand my, my tone and everything. Like I I think it, I think it works. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's really picking up. It's funny. I I like it. I like, well, fingers crossed. uh, You do not lose power for this because that was good. Um, Stacy, I would like to start with Adam Frazier, a guy we've talked about in this podcast. We've talked about John Taylor on Wednesdays of Fangraphs, um, player that has been intriguing for a lot of different teams. The Pirates are obviously bad and are going to be rebuilding for the foreseeable future. But, you know, they have a little bit of optimism. You have Brian Reynolds, all-star. Brian Hayes looks good. Um, some, some young pitchers that are intriguing at the very least. Um, but Frazier is a good trade ship. And... The Padres, where I think you and I talked about this, where like they, when I was like thinking about just needs of teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs, the Padres' need to me was starting pitching because they had just been devastated by injury. And you, Darvish, has not been good since uh, the sticky stuff ban. I'm not sure if that's a coincidence, but that is a reality. Um, and just they haven't gotten a lot out of outside of their big three, and they could use another arm and they maybe they're not done maybe they have a dominant bullpen but the offense was not something i had considered like we just played the padres this weekend with the braves and i was like yeah this offense is good uh top to bottom i'm not uh not really thinking about it and then they make this move and i'm like i don't know where he's gonna like how this is gonna like where he's gonna play like what do you make of frazier to the padres because i don't think i saw this coming at all did you i did not no um i know his name was tossed around a lot because of the whole pittsburgh thing and as you said they're rebuilding and um it looks like they're not going to be doing anything for a while um you know i was thinking to myself as you're talking about young pitchers that they have i said they're going to end up on different teams (laughs) soon (laughs) (laughs) because that's how the pirates lately um and yeah i was surprised and i like you said i don't this is definitely not their last move um i mean they could make as many as three we have we still have a few days before the trade deadline actually gets here I'm just wondering what this means for Cronenworth right? and, you know, like where he would fit because, you know, Frazier's a solid hitter. He's, he doesn't hit the crap out of the ball, but he's a solid hitter. And, you know, it would be a good addition to the lineup that's already strong. And he's a free agent, I believe, after 2022. So he'll be there next season if they need him. It's not like he's just going to be there for the rest of the season and you know as i said i think it's a good addition to the lineup an unexpected addition but a good one do you think this this is a this is a problem for the white Sox because everyone had just penciled it in because he just made such an obvious fit with uh nick madrigal being out mm-hmm. yeah um i have more thoughts about the white Sox for later oh <laughs> yeah okay yeah i like it Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the White Sox have, I, I have a hunch as to which part of the White Sox you, you have some takes on, uh, see. um, we did not talk last week because the guardians had not, uh, become a thing. Uh, the, the people who were going to operate in bad faith about the name change, uh, pass with flying colors. They did a great job on Twitter.com this week, uh, pretending to be annoyed at the PC police winning. 
yet another one um i uh i'm okay with guardians um and as i forgot who it was who tweeted this and was like there's literally a team in the same state named after a color which is not wrong uh there is the cincinnati reds like just mm-hmm. the color they get someone can you imagine just now pitching like yeah what about uh the cleveland blues <laughs> the cleveland right. yellows like i don't uh i don't think that really would generate a great response it's just a nostalgia thing and it's just like one of those things that's new so you just reject the new thing um i like the name i like the aspect of the guardian statues and around the city and tying it to the city the only problem is the logo like the logo is just bad like everything about it is just very clipparty and i just these kind of things always blow my mind stacy because we just see online like one of the one of the few good things about twitter.com is you'll see good concept art from fans and I don't understand how teams don't see this or like teams can't do better than guys like Grant Goldberg or whoever who did great work. And I'm like, what? why are they hiring these people? Like they're, it, they're just sitting right there. There's no excuse to have like bad concept art anymore. Like when so many te- like fans can pull off some really, really brilliant, amazing stuff to come up with that. It was just like, oh, this is uh, this is going to get rebranded in a couple of years would be my guess. I feel like they still have time to change it before next mm. season. It's not happening until next season. And I think the logo idea is good, but yes, it really looks clip arty and could be so much better. And I think that maybe in the meantime, now that they've gotten some <laughs> feedback on it, they'll switch them some things around and make it look less clip arty. At least mm. I hope so, because that logo would look pretty cool on a hat if it looked better. I like the idea of the logo. You know, when I first heard the name, at first I thought, eh. And then when I read the story about the statues, because I had no idea, I've never been to Cleveland, and I didn't know that whole story. And I thought, okay, you know what? That's cool. That's a cool history thing from the city that people in the city get. And that's another thing. People were complaining about that. I said, but it's it has to do with their city. They don't care what outsiders think about it. Did anyone care when they named the Mets the New York Metropolitans? No. They weren't making a big deal out of it. It's a New York thing. And what you were saying about, you know, there's another team in the state named after a color. There are teams named after birds. There are teams named after colored socks. I don't understand the uproar about, oh, Guardians. How could you name them Guardians? You have the Utah Jazz. You have the L.A. Lakers. None of these teams have changed their names, even though they've changed geographical location and their names don't make sense. I like Guardians. And also just all these are silly. Like people take this stuff way too seriously. Like it, it, it's not that serious, folks. Like if, I don't know, there's so many other things to and other ways to expend that sort of a um, emotional capital and that into a team name as an adult is one of the sillier things that I see people do. Um, It's just, it's not a big deal. Like it's, it's fine. Like Yankees, your team, they're just named like Yankees, like Yankees. Can you imagine if we were the Atlanta Southerners? Like that was something that they just put like, what? It's silly. Like we, we just accepted it because we grew up around it and it's just normalized. Like guardians will be normalized. Kids will see it. It's fine. Like, I mean, the lesson as always, don't name uh, your team after human beings or, or just a group of human beings. It's never good luck. It's never going to go well. Like it's never, never a bold idea on that front. It's never going to go over well. And, um, you know, also the bigger thing, which is um, they weren't Indians. Uh, which is a big, big point for me uh, that they were actually not Indians because Christopher Columbus did not. Uh, let me check my notes here. Land in India, so we uh, we don't need to do that. It's okay. And getting rid of an old racist logo. Let me uh, also check my notes here. Actually, good, Stacy. Actually, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just the whole the whole thing. It's just people, like you said. They waste their time getting angry about the silliest stuff. And I used to be like that. I mean, I admit it, but I've calmed down a bit in my old age. And I think other people should do the same. I just see it and I'm like, I'm moving on with my day. I'm not engaging. But you see people who are like, I agree with, will get in quote tweet fights. And I'm like, what? do you think they're changing their mind? Why are you operating? Like, do you think their minds are being moved? The guy who yelled in that Native American's face in the Indi- like in the Native American garb from that Indians game years ago. 
Like right. you're changing his mind. What are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? Like, just right. what, what are you doing? Move on. Like the name change. It's good. It's positive. Don't engage the bad faith arguments that people still engage in. I'm just like, what, what are you doing? How do you not see through that? There's a better way to spend your day. Like there's, there's some great books. Like I'm reading the new mind of the South. Like, just go check that out. It's really good. Tracy Thompson. He's right for the post. Like go, go do something else with your day. Go outside, go for a run. I promise you it's not it, arguing with strangers online is the worst way one can spend their time. There's just, I, you cannot tell me otherwise, like the amount of time and then the amount of ang, like you'll see it. And like you said, you used to do it. And it's like, it's not, it's not good. It's not healthy. Just don't do it. Guardians is better than Indians because it's better than Indians. And it's a step forward. The clip art logo sucks. That's it. Those are all the things you need to know. And then you just move forward. It's fine. I agree. that that is my uh that is my synopsis of everything there um (laughs) do you like as someone who do you remember stacy like when ian kennedy was rising with jabba chamberlain and tyler clippard during those yankee years and phil hughes like do you remember how you and yankees fans felt about his rise and does it feel like he has been in the majors so dang long now the fact that he is still around and has evolved more and more over the years and like the students now closing games like he was a prized intriguing yankees prospect i swear 13 years ago like this man has been in my baseball life forever yeah when i saw everything surrounding him i thought to myself ian kennedy's still playing yes i forgot (laughs) Because as you said, you know, he came up in 07. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I know we don't want to think that it's a long time ago, but 14 years is a long time ago. And, you know, that's a nice, long major league career. And I do remember when all those kids came up and, you know, because they were still kids. Mm-hmm. They were kids compared to me then because I was turning 31 that 31, 33 that year. So to see him be well, no, I think Tyler Clippard's still playing, right? He is. That's what I like. Can you imagine? Like, could you imagine telling yourself at the, or going back in time and telling yourself 14 years ago that Clippard and Kennedy would outlast Hughes and Jabba by a long mm. stretch? Right, right. Yeah. No, I probably wouldn't have believed it, but I think there would have been a little voice in my head saying, Stace, why are you even thinking that any Yankee prospect pitchers would actually have a mm. long What's the matter with you? Like the ones that they hyped more. Because, you know, Clippard and Kennedy, yeah, they were lumped in with everyone, but everyone was crazy about Jabba and Phil mm-hmm. Hughes was, you know, Jason Giambi was like, oh, he's like the rocket. <laughs> no pressure on a 21-year-old kid comparing mm-hmm. him to Roger Clemens. What are you doing? Um, as for him being um, linked to the Dodgers, considering their week, you know, the Yankees have had bullpen issues mm-hmm. too. Woof, those two games in a row especially against the Giants, it's mm. so much magnified against your rival. And especially when you're trying to catch your rival in the standings and seeing the bullpen and not just Kenley Jansen, but other parts of the bullpen, because they also didn't do well against the Rockies in that one game. So um, I think Kennedy going there would be good. I know that the Dodgers will probably need more because of Trevor Bauer's issues. So he's definitely not going to be the only move that they make, but I think it's a good idea for them to go after Ian Kennedy. I think he'd be solid with them. I love the Dave Roberts after the latest Kenley Jansen issue. It was just like, yeah, he's still our closer. I love when managers say that. It's like, well, what else can you do? Like her bullpen. Like what, what am I supposed to do? Destroy this guy's confidence even more. These, these guys who rely solely on confidence. Um, yeah. I'm not going to be like, yeah, we're not sure about him anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know. You can definitely use that, but he, uh, it was one of those classic, everything is fine. Meme moments where he's just in the in the firestorm uh, in the mm-hmm. kitchen the dog and uh just uh he's like no everything's fine kenley jansen's great like we're excited about going to the postseason with kenley jansen i don't know what you're talking about um but i also just think ian kennedy is the exact kind of guy they would just bring in he would just lock it down for a year and uh they would sprinkle some los angeles dodgers dust on him like they could bring in wade davis at this point i don't know they could bring in whoever and i just am gonna bet that he's gonna be good for the dodgers um we have to talk about your men Mercedes. Yes. I'm going to guess this is what you were alluding to at the top of the podcast. Is that correct? Um, well, sort of. Okay. 
I had uh, other things to say about the White Sox for something later, too. But yes, um, you know, obviously everyone was worried about his well-being when he sent that first message saying that he was done and, you know, getting rid of his social media. And you're thinking to yourself, what the hell happened to this kid? And, you know, when everything happened with the twins and him hitting the home run and Tony La Russa not coming to his defense and basically saying he agreed with the twins and how they reacted. That was the beginning of his tailspin because, you know, as you said, with Dave Roberts and Kenley Jansen, these guys want their managers behind them, no matter what mm-hmm. helps their confidence. And when your manager is agreeing with the other team, mm-hmm. that doesn't help, especially when you're a younger player, Right? you know, he's having, you know, his first month was insane. And, right. you know, he cooled off a bit, but that really set things into motion. Uh, I won't solely blame Tony La Russa, but I don't like how he handled that. I don't think it's cool. And I think that kind of played into everything. And then, of course, what was it? The next day, <laughs> he posts something like, oh, no, you know, my bad. I'm back. And I just, you know, I feel like someone needs to talk to him and say, you can't do that sort of thing. It's not cool because that first message worried a lot of people and you don't want people to be worrying about your well-being and thinking, oh, no, mental health wise, what's the matter with him? Mm -hmm. Um, So someone needs to sit him down and say that that's not a cool thing to do. Yeah, it's just like one of the pressure on these kids. And I think that's something that's overlooked by older managers like Tony Rose, like uh, like toughen up and that kind of stuff. But like when you're playing as well as he was at that time out of the gate and to not have your manager back you in that public fashion. Um, and then to just tailspin the way he did. Uh, it's It's got to be hard. And he's been going through it. But he's, what, 20? Is he 21 even? I don't even know if he's legally able to drink yet. I think he might be 20. I could be wrong. Um, but all the all the skill in the world. And I, I don't know. I'm curious because even though he did say I'm back, like, I don't see how he plays for Tony La Russa past this year. Like, I don't see how this relationship between the two of them gets repaired. Like I know from my, like I can't put my own um, personality into Mercedes, but like, I don't know. Like there's no way I'm going to war with this guy anymore. Like my manager just publicly dogged me for something like this. Like even he disagreed, like keep that in clubhouse. That was something that was obvious that you don't, broadcast that um that that was just wild and um i don't know i don't know what to make of all of this i just i like you said i hope it's a teachable moment but also like i don't see how this relationship makes any sense long term unless you move on from lures after this year yeah i was very i couldn't believe that they hired him considering all the guys that still haven't been hired as managers. I was all for Hensley Mullins. I wanted him so badly. And then the Yankees turned around and got Aaron Boone. And I feel like Mullins is way overdue for a manager's job. And I don't understand the White Sox thinking with Larusa. Now, besides this incident, I think it's been okay. And I think the players have come out and said that they're okay with Larusa as their manager. I mean, obviously, they're not going to come out and be like, no, we don't like him. But I do like that when the incident happened with Mercedes, Tim Anderson kind of came out and said, you know, we back our teammate here. Mm. You know, we shouldn't be throwing him under a bus. So I thought that was cool. And I was worried when that happened because I thought, "Uh oh, (laughs) there's going to be trouble between the players and La Russa. And that hasn't happened so far. But it was a very strange hire. Mm -hmm. And I actually couldn't. I thought maybe it was an extremely early April fool's joke. <laughs> Cause mm. I just Tony LaRusso, what? Like that came out of nowhere and you know, no offense, but he's old and it's 2021. And what, what was white, sh- white Sox ownership thinking? I just, I don't get it, but well, here Reinsdorf and him are close. I seem to recall. Well, yeah, I think yeah. this was purely a friend to friend thing. Like, uh, Hey, I need you to win the dis- division for me. I need you to come in and uh, help me out here. Because they were buddy buddy, um, which is great. Oh, but, uh, you, you love those kind of stories. That's heartwarming stories. He's twenty eight. Wait, he's, actually, he's twenty eight. Mercedes is, is he really? Yeah, at least according to Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna scratch all that from the record. Why did I? Oh, you know what it was? The tw- the two zero. Okay, that's why I thought twenty. Like I went two zero two eight. Yeah, 
that uh, that is why I am uh, wearing glasses, Stacy, <laughs> because that's that's great. I, I love it, folks. Um, the Rays traded for Nelson Cruz. He had a really great message for Twins Nation. Obviously, what made so much sense in Minnesota the last couple of years. Um, he just amplified that just home run identity last year. And it's unfortunate the way this year unfolded for the twins, but man, there there's two things here, Stacy, not only has Nelson Cruz been moved, but you got Barrios on the market. Um, looking like he'll command the most in return for Minnesota. If they were to move him because the asking price is highest for him, but Byron Buxton extension talks faltered. We've seen it before he got injured that he was coming like around like the talent is there. It's clearly there. Um, do you, first, do you like the move for the race and what the what the twins got back? And also, what would you do if you're Minnesota with Byron Buxton? Because Cruz, you move on like it's just one of those years. But like you can easily in this horrid, horrid AL Central <laughs> rise back to the top next year like you can you can fix some stuff and like get right back in there like moving donaldson and cruz makes sense to me Mm -hmm. i don't know if i move barrios or buxton and i do whatever i can to sign him long term because i don't think the twins need to overreact to this season from hell from them is that fair i think that's fair um you know, personally, I don't like Cruz to the Rays because I have a feeling he's going to hit at least three home runs this week against the Yankees. So I'm not happy about that. Um, I mean, for the Rays, it's a great move. For me, personally, it's not. Um, now, I think it's interesting. I read something, and now I can't remember where it was because I closed the tab, that the Twins basically put it out there that if Buxton didn't sign the extension, they would probably deal him. Mm. Which is interesting because he's not, I believe he's the same as Frazier where he's not a free agent until after 2022. Mm. It's just funny when the news came out that he wasn't, um, you know, that he didn't want to sign the extension. Mark Feinsand, I think, uh, reported that it was seven years, 80 million. And I follow a bunch of people from different fan bases on Twitter and I saw a few Twins fans not thrilled. I would say they were indignant at how dare he (laughs) not sign this extension or at least not want to. Um, And like you said, you know, the injury issues, I mean, he's, when he's healthy, he's a great player. And I feel like the twins would be silly to deal him if he doesn't sign an extension. I think they should keep him and Barrios. And I think you're right. If they're going to deal anyone else, Josh Donaldson, bye. (laughs) See ya. Someone can use him, you know, if he doesn't strain a calf again, because that's his big injury issue that he always has. Um, you know, I really don't think the twins should do anything with Buxton. Like, I don't think they should move him at all. I, I, um, I thought that report was interesting that they said they were going to do that. Um, I think they should keep him. Yeah, I just I would do whatever, whatever it takes. I understand the injury steps frustrating, but like. I just, I don't know. I think it would send a bad message to the fan base if you move on from him. And there, yes. I, I just, I don't think that's the kind of message you want to do. Like, just the over panic. And like, the fan base gets Cruz. They get Donaldson. I don't think they would, they would be on board with Buxton or Berrios. And I, I wouldn't either. I just think that AL Central is just going to be, like, the Tigers are better than expected a little bit. But like, the Royals are still five years away from being five years away. And I, I don't know. I think the, the AL Central is still, and the Indians will never go all the way in. So I don't know. I would, uh, I would keep going and just think that you're going to bounce back next year. Uh, the last thing on the White Sox, Stacy, mm-hmm. Aloy Jimenez coming back. Like I, the White Sox are so fascinating. I had the deadline because now with Frazier gone, like, I don't know who their next target's going to be at that spot. Um, do you have a name that makes sense? And then also what is going to be the impact of Aloy Jimenez back, back for Chicago? I do not have a name for them. Um, and they're in a peculiar situation because they're one of those division leaders that there's no chance they're going to relinquish the division lead. I don't see it happening unless something catastrophic happens, but I don't envision that happening. They've been struggling all year against good teams. Um, so people that they could potentially meet in the playoffs, they even were swept by the Yankees at one point, which, you know, how's that happen in 2021? They're not bad. 
but they could be better. I feel like Jimenez coming back, it's not quite like making a trade, but he will be a big boost for that team. But they definitely need to make a move. I just don't know what it is. And I don't know who it could be. You know, because right now, like I said, there's no way they're relinquishing the division. But if they want to make it into the playoffs and actually move on, mm. there's some moves that need to be made. Yeah, true or false? The Brewers won the series. A good team, Milwaukee, beat the White Sox. A ostensibly good team this weekend. They won more games in their series. It's true. The White Sox lost another series against a good team. That yeah, that's the that's the bit. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I I don't know. I don't believe in the White Sox at all. But I also believe in their top three. Um, mm-hmm. Their rotation's good. Like they should be able to be in every playoff series that they're in. Uh, they get to avoid the wild card game, which is great for them. Um, but I don't know. I just I. I that division stinks and they've been at, and like you mentioned, like they've, uh, it, it would take a catastrophe for them not to win the division. They kind of already had one. Like they've had a lot of horrid injuries this season, but because this division is just awful that, uh, they're able to just go 59 and 40, uh, heading into August. Um, they do have a lot of good pieces, Tim Anderson, everybody, Giolito, uh, Radon, like they, they have a bunch of dudes, but I don't know. I am still just not, not a believer in them. Um, with the deadline fastly approaching Stacy, is it, what, what, what is today? How close are we to the deadline officially? Is it the 30th? Am I wrong? When is the official MLB trade deadline? 31st. I think it's usually the 31st. Okay. Is there 30 or 31 days in July? Cause I, I what is time anymore? Yeah, no, it's 31st. <laughs> there is a 31, a 31th, 31st day in July. Okay. I guess Whit Merrifield makes sense as a fallback. For Chicago, mm-hmm. do you do an in-division situation there? Um, Who did I, I see him linked to, though? I think Seattle. Mar- well, hold on. We have to we have to throw a caveat here. Okay. Jerry Depoto is linked to every Major League Baseball player at <laughs> any given moment. Right. There is True. not one human being that enjoys making trades as much as Jerry Depoto. Like that man lives for this. He lives for trade deadline season. Like he he he's so excited to make four minor moves that don't sway anything and keep the Mariners finishing third in this division and missing playoffs That's, for. I was just gonna say that he does all these moves and then it doesn't help them in any way, and they still have a twenty year playoff drought. Yeah, it's a tradition yeah. unlike any other, Stacy. <laughs> um, before we get there, what let's let's end on this. What do we think our teams are going to do? ahead of the deadline what what do you think the yankees will do and i'll tell you what i think the braves are going to do i really don't i don't know um this weekend if they had won three out of four against boston i would have felt more confident in them making a big splash at the deadline because at that mm-hmm. point a lot closer in the standings right. and they could have and should have won three out of four and then the bull- bullpen exploded twice that kind of puts a caveat into things. They're going to buy. They said they're going to buy. They're never going to sell. I know it's similar to 2016 and people think they should sell. I don't think they should. Really. I really don't think they should. Um, It's just one of those years for them. Nothing's going right. They're still with their heads above water, but it's getting to the point where it's probably just under their lip. It's getting a little higher (laughs) for the Yankees. Mm. And, I think, I mean, they obviously, they need a left-handed bat, another one, because they don't have enough in the lineup. I don't know who they can get, but they need someone, and that needs to be done. The pitching stuff, I mean, the guys who are messing up are your premier bullpen arms. It's just a strange, fluky thing that these comebacks keep happening against guys like Chad Green and Jonathan Loisega, who was pitching well this season, then he blew up today. So I don't I re, I can't predict what they're gonna do. They're gonna do something. I just don't know what it's gonna be. I can't see it being a big blockbuster move. Although you never know. I'm ready for Michael Pineda to come home. <laughs> I think that's the move. Bring him back. Let's get the gang back together. Trade for Ian Kennedy. What's Tyler Clifford up to? Let's get. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Ugh, Tyler Clifford. Whenever he came into a game when he was still when he was pitching with the Yankees a few years ago, I have this uh, GIF of mm. a truck driving through a rainstorm 
on fire. And that was my Tyler Clippard post. I would tweet that every time he came out of the bullpen. Because that's what it was like watching him pitch when he was with the Yankees a few years back. Like watching a truck on fire driving through a rainstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the memories. Leave the memories alone. Um, Yeah, there were some Johnson moments. There was like the Luke Jackson coming out years ago now. I guess it's been three years when just just brutal. Um, Just walking people, no control, just... We knew going in, like, uh, this is going to be a doozy. Like, nothing's easy with Luke Jackson. Luke, nothing easy, Jackson. And then it became AJ Mentor this year. Um, I don't know what the Braves are going to do either, Stacey. I think the fact that they traded for Stephen Vogt and Jock Peterson tells me that they are going to keep this going. Because this offense, I think, is third in runs in the NL this year. Like, they're good. This offense is weirdly good. Like they were, they were a little bit good when Dansby has gotten time at the two spot. Like when Dansby Swanson's getting some some at bats there, you're uh, you're in some trouble. Snicker is just not uh, not the best man. He's not my cup of tea. Still, I would say Stacy, not exactly my cup of tea. But um, Jock at the top of the lineup, he's fine. He's not Ronald Acuna, folks. This is what you come to this podcast for. This kind of insight. Jock Peterson, not exactly Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, but Albies, I think, leads baseball right now in extra base hits. He's a lot of fun. Um, he's in the two hole now. Like you look at the top of the order, and Travis Darno is coming back soon. That will be a huge boon because the catcher situation is just so bad. There is someone named Kyle Smith who or Kevin Smith who is hitting for the Braves today, the catcher spot. You're not gonna convince me that's a real player. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna convince me that it's not an MLB the show create a player. That's uh, Kevin an A, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. um not great uh but yeah the the bottom half of the order like the outfield with heredia and amante is just it's unbelievable where we're at there and i think we'll see some waters but like i think they'll make a move for it like what i hope i guess is what i should say instead of like what i think i hope they flip morton sell high on charlie morton because i think they'll get a lot for him but because i don't believe in the max scherzer stuff getting moved that's not how the nationals operate and morton might be like the best starting pitcher moved and i think you just sell high there but i think you can also add a team control guy like a jose barrios like there was a package that jim bowden threw out on the athletic of barrios buxton and somebody else and the braves just give like a bunch of their top guys like yeah do it because guess what they're under team control and you can lock up buxton because you save money on acuna and albies like an amazing amount of money yeah you have freeman this offseason too. pay freddie freeman and use that money that you saved, that you said you saved, so you can take a bigger swing and then uh, pay these young guys like Byron Buxton and Jose Barrios to be around too. Or go after German Marquez in Colorado. That's something else I would like. He's under team control, I think, till 2025. Like, that's what I would do. I would get rid of the guys who are going to be gone for this year, but also make some win now slash win in two to three years moves with good players and give up some more of this prospect capital because I cannot take Stacy. I cannot take any more Bryce Wilson. Anymore, Kyle Wright. Like the fact that Tukey is now great is amazing, and I'm so excited. But like, it's taken forever to hit on another one. Like Ian Anderson, Soroka, Freed is great, but as a picture falls off said new desk, um, that that is what I hope. Can I just say that Tukey mm. Tisant is one of my favorite baseball names? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's my girlfriend's too. She's like, she was enthralled today. On uh, like just enthralled. Uh, what is it? Is it just because it's like a French sounding? Like it's fun to say. Like what is it? It's the alliteration, and just I mean, how could he be anything other than a baseball player? <laughs> he's also just a delight. He's having fun out there, and he's great story. Former first first rounder in the D backs trade years ago. Um, hasn't panned out, but two starts and I mean, he was lights out last week, but, um, yeah, good again today. I, I am, I'm very pro Tukey and, uh, I'm glad that, uh, that's helping because, um, as you know, Stacy, one of the many things that make the Atlanta Braves better than the New York Yankees is their ability to develop pitching. It's a, it's a tradition unlike any other. Yeah. I don't know if you there was this time in the '90s, Stacy, where Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, uh, 
All those championships that the Braves won in the 90s? Uh, Well, hold on. (laughs) As you know, division titles... You you take 14 division titles in one ring every time. Like you you anytime you have an opportunity to rack up division titles and hang those banners for 14 years in a row, Stacy, you take that route every time. <laughs> Who needs championships when you have division titles? Those banners hang forever. It is amazing that they didn't win more than one ring, though. Considering we don't do this, we don't. I think the thunder's breaking up this podcast. No, I can't hear you. When you think about how the 90s were, it was very, you know, you had all those teams with, I was talking to David Cohn about this. I said, mm. what was it like for you pitching in that era with, you know, you had the Indians with all those, you know, Tomei and Manny Ramirez and Alomar and, and just all these Albert guys. Bell. Yeah. And, you know, you had Seattle, which was another scary lineup, which I still, it's twenty five years later and i still even though i was there don't understand how the hell dwight gooden no hit the seattle mariners of 1996 it's just amazing to me um you know all those big boppers on all those teams just but then when you think about how championships go usually good pitching will beat good hitting and i'm just surprised that the braves didn't win more with that rotation because they were incredible Honestly, I mean, I'm so happy to have been a fully formed adult when all those teams were around in the 90s. And I got to appreciate everyone as they were, you know, pitching in their prime. And it just it's it's astonishing to me how good they all were. Yeah. Um, Stacey, what can we check out from you across Locked On Yankees and everywhere else this week? Um. Well, you know, if... Uh... <laughs> I got a few texts from friends saying they're looking forward to tomorrow's show where I will be probably editing editing out curses or bleeping them <laughs> when I go on a rant about this weekend <laughs> where I do my recap. Um, but yeah, you know, five days a week, locked on Yankees. If you like the Yankees, you know, I, I, I got you. And it's, you get news, you get my thoughts. You sometimes get stories about games I've been to. Sometimes you get... I'll look at a random game from like 1982 and tell you what happened in the game, which I love doing because especially for me, cause I'm old. Some of those names that come out when I do older games is I just amuse myself while I'm recording because I'm announcing all these guys and thinking, wow, I forgot that person existed. How fun is that? So yeah, just the usual five days a week for me. And uh, you know, again, tomorrow should be quite a show. There you go. Well, Go check that out. Uh, keep up the great work, Stacy. I greatly appreciate it. These are fun. Um, I'm glad we're doing this this season. Um, we can follow you at Stace Scott's, correct? On Twitter.com? Yes. Yep. All right. Well, go do that. Stacy. like I said, keep up the great work. Avoid the thunderstorm. Tell yeah, Gus. I believe it. Was it. What was his name? It was Gus, right? Yes, Gus. We, uh, mm-hmm. One quick thing. We mm-hmm. named him. We named him after my dad. We got the cats. Uh, nine months after my father passed away, he was a gray kitten. We wanted a G name. And I said, why don't we just name him Gus? And my mom thought, that's cute. Let's do that. And then a few months ago, it occurred to me that my cat's records in the vet's office says Gus Gotsulius, like my dad. And I laughed for 20 minutes straight, laughing till I was crying. I almost puked because I was laughing so hard. And it took me almost six years to realize that that would be the case. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure my dad's wherever he is (laughs) floating around in the ether. If anything exists, if he's looking down, he's thinking, you really named a cat after me? There, I, well, it's funny you say that because this is this is how we wrap up, Stacy. This is great. Everything comes full circle on this podcast. Uh, the girlfriend learned at brunch with uh, her dad and my parents a few weekends ago that her her dad just casually let it slip that um, Samantha was actually uh, named after her cat or his cat, and it was a boy cat. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, is that not a? And she handled it great. Like it. Uh, it all went. It all went smoothly. <laughs> I and he, uh, we were walking back, and he was like, I, "I'm never gonna live that one down." And 
mine. I was like, no, no, that 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 one's um that one's not coming back. Like that no. that that that's for you. That that's part of the relationship from here on out. Like we went to a Smokies Braves game. Um very much on the it, like in the ether. Uh it's still still out there. I, I don't think that one's gonna go anywhere anytime soon, would be my guess. That's funny. <laughs> what is a name? Who cares where we get it from? Do we like the name? But then you also think about how different your life would be if your name was something different. Like I, I don't know. Would I be a different person if I did not go by Chase? I don't know. I do not have the answer to that. Do you think yeah, you'd I, be all that different if you were not Stacy? I well it could have been Anastasia. Mm. Because my dad wanted me to be baptized Greek Orthodox, so I would have been Anastasia. Okay. And then mom said to him, no, we're doing Stacy. She doesn't need a nine-letter first name and a nine <laughs> It's too much. Mm-hmm. And then I was baptized Catholic anyway, so <laughs> it didn't even matter. Then my brother was baptized Greek Orthodox. He was born nearly four years after me. And I asked my parents, well, what if you had a third kid? And my dad, without hesitating, said, oh, we were going to flip a coin. <laughs> incredible i bet you there's somebody like that where people just assume their parents put all this thought and all this and it's like well no they they saw it on a sign one day and they're just like oh yeah when i was getting off route 35 there was just like this site where i i had this friend in high school who was just nice and i was like i want my kid to be nice and you're like what just some rant like i guarantee you it's way more than than people would like to like to guess but um stacy this has been great as always. Thank you so much for making the time. Uh, I will talk to you next Sunday night. Yes. Same time, same bat channel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sunday night baseball, not the other one. So don't sue me. The Chase Thomas podcast, Sunday night baseball podcast. Stacey, thank you. Thank you. All right. That'll be all for today's edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Appreciate each and every one of y'all for sticking around for yet another one. Uh, if you could be so kind, and please do leave this episode a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you listen to this very episode via the Apple Podcast app on your phone. Um, also, just as another reminder, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. That's me. I'm the Sports Renaissance Man, Chase Thomas. Um, subscribe by email if you have not already. Get daily sports writing from me right there. Um, so go do that today. Uh, follow me on the usual social media channels, um, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I'm there, uh, Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas and on Facebook at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer and email me at chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com to participate in any future mailbag opportunities. Or if you have any questions like that, just, uh, email me there. Um, I want to hear from y'all and I do promise these little things really matter. Um, all right, Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast, hell yeah. <laughs>